Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, August 29. Seek approval only from people whose opinions you respect. The applause of multitudes is like bubbles in a champagne glass, rising, then bursting at the surface. Better the scolding of the wise than the adulation of fools. Popularity is the surest sign of individual inadequacy. Good heavens, why would he say that? Popularity is the surest sign of individual inadequacy. Mm, Immediately, I can't exactly think what he means by that, but I'm sure he thought it out before he put it there. One of the ways I think Swami means that is, well, I'll put it this way. Swami said himself that whenever he felt himself in tune with a, a modern trend, or fad, he said, he would always pull back and consider for a moment whether or not he really wanted to commit himself to something that was just, was already being accepted by the multitudes. Now, that may sound a little odd, but I want to put it this way. You know, Swami was a visionary, and he was creating an understanding, not for the present time, but for the future. And he understood that we're in a rising age, and therefore what is popular in the moment is only a sign of what um, the, the mass consciousness, the level the mass consciousness has reached, whereas certainly in his role as a, as a visionary, he needed to be leading the way, not merely confirming what everyone was already feeling. Michael Jackson, at a certain point in his musical career before the trajectory of scandal changed people's attitudes toward him, was one of the best-known and most popular singers on the whole planet because his style of music was nothing that Swami Kriyananda was interested in. He wasn't even aware of his existence. And at the height of the man's popularity, before the shadow side started asserting itself in in the public mind, um, he, uh, some of the teenagers in our community heard that Swami had never even heard Michael Jackson's music, and they thought that this was a wrong that had to be corrected. So they sent Swami a selection of what they thought were the most important tracks for Swami to listen to. So he dutifully listened to it. Swamiji may have his taste and his opinions, but he's not closed. And he was also, he knew that this man was a worldwide phenomenon, so he wanted to know sort of what, who he was. And Swami's response to him was exceedingly interesting. <clears throat> he said, first, his first comment was, is that he used the phrase, he said, he's a consummate artist. He knows exactly what he wants to say, and then he says it perfectly. And, and he said, and what he, the vibration that he is tuned into and that he's expressing so exactly is exactly where the mass of consciousness is right now. Swami has remarked that music both reflects consciousness and also creates it. So he tuned in right to where people were, said exactly what they were feeling on a a conscious vibratory level. And that's why everyone in the world was so enamored of him. And Swami said, listening to that, Swami said about himself, he said, it confirms even more deeply that I'm completely out of step with the times 
and that everything I'm doing is for an age that we haven't yet come to. Swami put it sort of um, kindly once when a national publishing company um, did, for a time, took on Swami Kriyananda's books and wanted to make him, at that time, what they called the Jane Fonda of the meditation movement. Swami didn't even know what they were talking about, but Jane Fonda, who was and is a well-known celebrity movie star, under the direction of that same publishing company, started making videos of yoga, yoga postures, and became really quite, she became the celebrity mentor. I hesitate to use the word guru, which people use because it's a misuse. But she became the celebrity mentor of yoga. And so this publisher thought, well, I'll find myself a, a meditation teacher and I'll make a celebrity meditation teacher. Swami warned him, saying, I'm the kind of writer who becomes famous long after I'm dead, which is another way of saying I'm not writing for the present consciousness, I'm writing for the future. Now, of course, there is a, a, a thin strata of people, and I hope those of you who are watching this are among it, who um, are in tune with Swami now, because we're also, or I'll speak for myself, I'm not at all in tune with this age. I'm in tune with a different vibration than the world is following now. And of course, that's always true. There's always stratas of people who live outside of whatever the popular flow is. But in any case, and, and Swami's words prove perfect, prophetic, that publisher's attempt to make Swami into a celebrity just simply didn't work because his vibration doesn't match the majority of people. Now that's a very specific and interesting example of a lot of things. But in general, Swamiji never had much regard for popular opinion. He, he just felt that by the time opinions are popular, the people who have embraced them are the people who are waiting for someone to tell them what is popular, rather than people who actually have the capacity to determine truth for themselves and to follow it. So he wasn't condemning the multitude of humanity. Everyone is a child of God and everyone is following their own path to self-realization and we're all on our way to eternal freedom. Swami was simply making an observation and that's a, a characteristic of Swami that many of us have had to get used to, which is he could just observe facts and if those facts were not complementary, there was nothing, there was nothing uh, I think the word is pejorative about it, there was nothing insulting about it, it was just a fact. And that the majority of people do not make up their own minds, they just follow the trends. And some of them do it gleefully and very happily they, they like following the trends, and others, and I will say of us, do not like following the trends. I remember just being a teenager before I discovered thrift stores and before I became skillful enough to make my own clothes when I wanted to, that I realized that everything I wore was determined by someone else, really, because it was all I could buy. And even if I could step a little outside the times, any other time I would go to would just have been determined by the fashion of that time. It's just that there was just this mass consciousness happening all the time, and I felt quite imprisoned by it, and I wished to become free of it. So what Swami is talking about, the, the worst kind of mass consciousness, is when you're acclaimed by the multitudes. Um, so he says, be very careful about that. You know, the fact that a lot of people think you're right doesn't mean that you're right. And even worse when one sets out to cultivate being popular, 
That means instead of thinking, who am I? We're thinking of who do people want me to be? And I believe that's what he means by popularity is the surest sign of individual inadequacy. I think what he's saying there is that people who court popularity are looking to be both defined and affirmed by the numbers of people who who think you're great. Now, our particular culture is set up in an almost crazy way. How many likes do you have on your videos? How many friends do you have on Facebook? And I've seen, you know, young people, young teenagers and just teenagers actually sort of competing to have the most friends. But these are not friends. These are contacts on Facebook. This is just like sheer numbers of people who know you exist. Why would we want that? What Swami says here is that the, the, we would rather be criticized by a wise person than applauded by the multitudes when the multitudes don't know anything. And of course, the multitudes will shift in a heartbeat. Just, for example, I was talking about Michael Jackson. Certainly, at the end of his life, the revelations that came out about him were extremely disconcerting. I myself have been through enough with popular media and newspaper reports and accusations to at least remain neutral. Not because I think a person is innocent, but I'm not sure of their guilt merely because it's said to them. Swami Kriyananda and Ananda itself were accused of really some horrific things. And those, some of those charges are still quite intelligently articulated on the internet. The fact that they're absolute absolute untruth and have nothing to do with us is, is not reflected in the accounts. So therefore, merely because there's an account and merely because it has the ring of truth, I remain neutral. Now, I'm not even expressing opinion about that man because what he was accused of was horrific. And if there's any truth in it, we want to, we want to stand far away from it. And I have no reason to disbelieve it either. I have to say all that clearly because heavens, otherwise people misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm using it to illustrate a principle. Everybody loved him and loved his music and thought he was wonderful. And then everybody didn't. It's like, how, how long does this last? Of course, it was, if it was undermined by his own lack of moral character, then he did it to himself. But look at the bubble. It just goes up and down. And nowadays... You know, with all that can be done through the media, a person can just go up and down in a heartbeat. What is that worth? Where does our, where does our sense of, of uh, self, self come from? What, what are our values? I was told recently that the majority of middle schoolers, when they're asked what they want to be when they grow up, say famous. Famous. Not even for anything, but just simply famous. As if enough people telling me, so again, this is the explanation of what Swami's statement is here. If enough people know my name, then somehow that means something. But it doesn't. It just means that a bunch of people know your name. There's no loyalty. There's no friendship. And there's no affirmation of worth. It's just numbers. So it's it's very important that we we... Pay attention to who's speaking and that we pay attention to, to, for, to the reason why people approve or disapprove of us and, and seek within ourselves profound and lasting value, you know, to be known as a righteous person, an honest person, a trustworthy person, 
someone who is loyal, these are the qualities that we want to uh, develop, and even more profoundly, you know, love for God, faith in God, the, the ability to uplift the consciousness of others. If no one knows our name, you have to say, and it's truly spoken, God knows our name. And therefore, when we pass away from this earth, we will take with us qualities of consciousness that are worth taking. It's, it's axiomatic, but it's worth repeating that the celebrities of one era are completely unknown in another. I, um, there was a, an, a professor of literature, professor of writing at, I believe, Princeton University, who wrote a book that I don't remember what the book was called. But it was an advice to writers. It was a very good book, so I read it. And among other things that he did with his college classes and with his adult classes as well, because sometimes when you write, you'll say, like, on one of the broadcasts I was doing, I was talking about some experience that I had during a, a litigation that Ananda was caught up in. And I said, it, 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 uh, we, our images of lawsuits was Perry Mason. And the people who helped me with the broadcasts are old enough to be my grandchildren. That's basically where we are. So we're you know, like two generations away. And I could feel, even though I'm talking to the camera and not to them, when I said Perry Mason, which to me was like the big culminating line of my speech, it went just completely. It absolutely did nothing in their consciousness. And I read that, and so I took the time to explain that Perry Mason was the fictional lawyer who, who was part of a 60-minute television drama. Then I remembered, I used to watch that drama as a child with my parents, on a black and white television. So now I'm beginning to think maybe this was a while ago. And of course, the end of every episode was that the truth came in and somebody came running into the courtyard, courtyard, courtroom with the truth and Perry Mason triumphed yet one more time. And the whole point was life is not like Perry Mason. And this literature pr- professor made a list, I think, of a hundred of those kind of references where an author will take a shortcut by referring to what he thinks is a universal, universally known concept. And fascinatingly, the college students knew maybe 15 <laughs> out of 100 because the whole culture had shifted that fast. So there you have fame, my friends. Whether you're famous as a fictional television character or anything else, you just mention it and a generation, it's gone. But your character and your consciousness follows you after death. What you are in this world outwardly is not what counts. It's who you are internally. So who shall we be? This is the question. Seek approval only from people whose opinions you respect. The applause of multitudes is like bubbles in a champagne glass rising then bursting at the surface. A beautiful image, isn't that? Better the scolding of the wise than the adulation of fools. Popularity is the surest sign of individual inadequacy. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.